Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Adam Ollier. Welcome to the Veterans Perspective. I'm your host today, Robert Neer, the Deputy Director of the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency. On today's show, we're going to be talking to you, or we're talking to leaders of veteran service organizations from Michigan. This is the final show of a two-part series featuring these great organizations that continue to advocate every day for our veterans and their families. From helping veterans obtain federal benefits to providing a sense of belonging and camaraderie, veteran service organizations are a critical part of the veteran landscape. Our guests for today are Mary Johnson and Jim Sigmund of the Military Officers Association of America, also known as MOA, and Mark Weiss of the Jewish War Veterans, and Art Menard of the Marine Corps League. Stick around, we've got a great show for you today. Welcome back everyone. On today's show, we're gonna talk to leaders from several veteran service organizations in the second part of this two-part series. You know, there's more than 100 national veteran service organizations in the United States. These are giving veterans and their families many options to join and benefit from these different groups. Most people have heard of the American Legion, the VFW, who we talked to in our previous show, but veteran service organizations come in all shapes and sizes, and they continue to cater to veterans of different backgrounds, eras, and, bra- and different branches. From a racial, cultural, and ethnical perspective, the different veteran service organizations include the Minority Veterans of America, the Native Americans Veterans Association, and the Jewish War Veterans. We'll be talking to the leaders of Michigan Jewish War Veterans of America later on this show. When it comes to representing the branches of the military, there is the Navy League, the Coast Guard Combat Veterans Association, and the Marine Corps League, and many, many others. We'll talk to the leader of the Michigan Marine Corps League in a bit as well. There are veteran service organizations that represent wounded veterans. So these include the Disabled American Veterans, the Paralyzed Veterans of America, and there are many other veteran service organizations that serve veterans based on their rank while in service. There's the Non-Commissioned Officer uh, Association, for example, as well as MOA, which is the Michigan or, or the Military Officers Association of America, And we'll have the Michigan leaders from MOA on the show coming up as well. So as you can see, there are many veteran service organizations available to serve our veterans and their families. Whether you're simply looking for solidarity among your service-related comrades, or perhaps wanting to file a VA claim with an accredited veteran service officer, these veteran service organizations offer different levels of benefits and services and also supports in some ways. So they make sure that you do your research. So please make sure that you do your research when you're out there looking to join one of these. We have a great lineup of guests today to discuss veteran service organizations. Don't go away. When we return, we'll talk to Mary Johnson and Jim Sigmund of the Military Officers Association of America. Welcome back. Our first guests on the show today are Mary Johnson, the president of Military Officers Association of America, also known as MOA, the Michigan Council of Chapters, and Jim Sigmund, who's the immediate past president of MOA and the second vice chair for the Michigan Commanders Group. 
Mary Johnson served 14 years as a nurse with the Michigan National Guard. Rising to the rank of captain, her unit served in Operation Desert Shield and Storm, where she primarily cared for prisoners of war. She is also president of the Army and Navy Club of Grand Rapids. Jim Sigmund spent 32 years in the Army active duty, reserve, and National Guard. He served for three years during the Vietnam War era and was commissioned as a field artillery officer in 1977. He served as the president of Michigan's Commanders Group in 2022 and continues work, working as the second vice chair for the group. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay, just a quick little background here on MOA. You know, it was founded in 1929, and today it serves about 350,000 veterans from every branch of service, including active duty, National Guard, reserve components, former officers, and their families. So, Mary, could you tell us a little bit about your role as the current president of MOA in the Michigan Council of Chapters? Well, I just took over as president from Jim in January, so this is a new experience for me also. Uh, primarily, I will chair the meetings, um, finding guest speakers, and more importantly, the group works as a team. I'm just sort of the leader to keep that all together. Uh, I couldn't do the job without them. Oh, yeah, that's so true. It's always good to have good support. And to that note, Jim, could you tell us a little bit about um, what uh, being the president was in your perspective? Um, and then also, what, what do the officers and the members of your organization do for the public? Well, first of all, when I, uh, I pretty much do the same thing Mary did. I, I think uh, to expand a little bit, you also coordinate a lot with MOA, with our MOA headquarters in, uh, in Washington, D.C. And uh, on issues of membership, advocacy, uh, and community, uh, we and we do a lot of things up there. Also, we we also have a transition area where people are transitioning off active duty, and we're trying to expand that role. But coordination with them is good, and and also bring that same information into the the chapters amongst the presidents. We have a small budget that we use, and we're charged with making sure we take care of that and we establish committees as necessary. Uh, and, and as far as officers, as Mary stated, we have a first, second, third vice president, and then we have a treasurer and a secretary, which uh, helps us uh, manage and keep, frankly, most of the people involved. We have three members from each chapter that serve on the uh, Michigan State Council. We call it the Michigan Council of Chapters, and um, and we meet uh, quarterly and discuss various issues. Uh, one of them that Mary's getting started to get involved in is the Advocacy and Action Group, which is where we go up to Washington, D.C. Uh, and uh, interact with all our representatives from all across the country. Oh, that's great, Jim. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um... And, you know, talking about advocacy and and really being one of the strongest advocates for military members and officers leaving the military and transitioning into their civilian world. Um, what are some of the current topics that you all are really uh, trying to move forward or address uh, right now? Go ahead, Jim. Okay. Uh, well, I tell you what, uh, 
to start off with, we have four chapters in the state. Uh, we have one in Northwest Michigan up in Traverse City. We have one in Southeast Michigan down around Detroit. Uh, we have the Army Navy Club in Grand Rapids, and we also have the Capital Area Chapter here in Lansing. Uh, we do community involvement in each chapter, and with that, we do uh, we work with uh, Veterans Court, Freedom Centers. Uh, for people aren't familiar with that, that's, for example, at uh, Detroit Metro, they have uh, two uh, uh, canteens, if you want to call them that, one on each terminal, and they're manned by volunteers. And we also have one at uh, each MEPS, one in Troy and one in Lansing. And what we do is we provide a canteen service to all the, the, the uh, new recruits and their families when they can come there. Um, and those are free to any current serving or veteran. They can stop in there and they get free food, free drinks. Uh, the, the two terminals at the Metro our Metro are um, uh, actually one of them actually has, or maybe both of them now have uh, lounge chairs and stuff where you can watch television. They even have some bunk beds there. If you've got a long layover, you can go to sleep and all that's free. It doesn't cost the service member or veteran anything. And we also get involved with ROTC. We have each one of us have scholarships that we do locally in the communities that we hand out to high school. And, and college students. Uh, we have our, our advocacy program, both state and national. Uh, right now, uh, our organization's involved with the Michigan Commanders Group and helping to establish the, uh, our legislative priorities for 2023. We do financial uh, donations to local groups. Uh, for example, the VFW National Home uh, is one of them. Uh, hold regular meetings for each chapter. We have uh, each chapter has dinner meetings and we invite speakers to come and speak. And then we have our executive meetings and the, and the timing of the dinner meetings is a little bit different for each chapter based on their geographic location and how and how they run uh, their business. So I hope I hope that answers your question. Robert. Yeah, that, that definitely more than answers that Jim. I appreciate that. Yeah, that um, sounds like you all are just doing a wonderful job being out and being president or present in the community and just continuing to advocate for um, anything, volunteerism, um, services, legislative initiatives, very active group. So next, that leads me to my next question. Um, we know that maintaining membership levels has been a challenge for veteran service organizations over the past couple of decades. Um, how has this affected MOA and, and the other veteran service organizations that you all are involved in? Well, veterans today are a younger group and they're not inclined to join organizations. So you're not going to see them in American Legions or VFWs. They're more apt to get together with peers on a Sunday afternoon and find a project that they can go into the community to do, uh, which to them is giving back to their community. So it has been more difficult. I work with several organizations in Kent County. And we all have the same problem. Social media is the way to go with this group. They're, they're not into TV. They're not into newspapers. Um, they're into Facebook and Twitter and all those places that they can use their phone. So, and 
it's the same with MOA. I was just on a call the other night um, in a meeting where they talked about membership and truly we're looking for the 40 to 60 year old age group, which is the toughest to find. Um, and at this point, a lot of them, because they're settled outside military posts, they can more easily try to find membership there, but even then um, they're still struggling to get members. Yeah, it makes sense, Mary. And, and we hear that um, across the board. So let's uh, use this last uh, few minutes or last minute here and just talk a little bit about your organization's um, two prospective members. So how does one join MOA? Where do they go to find information about MOA? And um, how would you pitch this organization um, to a new potential new member? Go ahead, Jim. Well, first of all, <clears throat> we, uh, how do we, how we get the word out? Well, first of all, part of it, most of it probably gets out by word of mouth. And that's by all of our members, because we're an officer's group, we have a, our audience is a little bit smaller than, say, the VFW American Legion and the others because, you know, they're, they're bringing in everybody all across the board. We focus on the officer side of that. And um, so that's one thing. I think another one of the things that we do to try to help with that is that uh, we, uh, we we've tried... MOA has a database that, for example, for if you want to belong to MOA, uh, we get people that join right through the uh, MOA's website nationally. Well, then they, they put these people in a database. They then, uh, with a person's approval, a lot, uh, provide that information to the chapters here in the state so we can go talk to them about becoming a member of our chapter because you're not required to belong to a chapter to be a member of MOA, okay? Okay, yeah, right. that's great. And, and so, and also uh, the other thing that we do, and we're having some success with it, we're really trying to start reaching out uh, because we don't have any active army installations, or, or I should say, we don't have any active military installations in Michigan, except for Coast Guard, for, well, like TACOM, and recruiting commands and MEPs and places like that. So we're trying to start reaching out more to them. And then another one that is really uh, very important to us is the Guard and Reserve because there's, we almost have as many of them around as we do everybody else. And they're a great asset because they are boots on the ground locally. And, uh, We've been fairly successful, uh, but like everybody, we're all busy and we're all involved in a lot of things and uh, time is precious. Absolutely. And uh, to that note, um, really appreciate both of you joining us today, uh, Mary and Jim. We know that time is a valuable commodity, so thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Much. I want to thank you, Robert and uh, Andrew and everybody and we really appreciate it and never yeah. stop serving no problem absolutely we totally agree so to everyone else that's listening please stick around our next guest is mark weiss from the jewish war veterans
Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Adam Olier. Welcome back, everyone. Our next guest is Mark Weiss, the Commander of the Jewish War Veterans in the Department of Michigan. Commander Weiss served in the Army Infantry from 1968 to 1971. He received his commission as a second lieutenant in 1969 and spent a year patrolling the Korean demilitarized zone as a platoon leader. After his service, he worked as a software developer, retiring in 2009 to take a new job, which was a full-time babysitter for his first grandchild. Around that time, he joined the Jewish War Veterans. Currently, he serves as both the Department of Michigan commander and a commander in post 474. Welcome to the show, Commander Weiss. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, so let's start with the rich history of your organization. Now, many folks may not realize this, but the Jewish War Veterans of the United States of America is the oldest active veteran service organization in the nation. Can you tell us a little bit about that achievement and the history of the organization as it relates to nationwide and in Michigan? Sure. Well, back in uh, March of uh, 2000, of, <laughs> excuse me, March of 1896, the uh, Hebrew Union Veterans Organization was given a uh, congressional charter. The Hebrew Union Veterans Organization morphed, evolved over a few years, and became Jewish War Veterans of the USA. Uh, Department of Michigan uh, was formed in 1940. Uh, we, our first post in Michigan was actually formed in 1936. Uh, the purpose that the, the Hebrew Union Veterans Organization was formed was basically to fight anti-Semitism. At that time, it was uh, uh, circulating that uh, Jews did not serve in the U.S. military. And that lie, the big lie, as we call it, uh, was uh, gaining a lot of traction. And the uh, veterans of the Civil War were very upset about it, the Union veterans. Uh, there were, by the way, there were as many Confederate uh, Jewish war veterans as there were Union Jewish war veterans, but the Union veterans formed the uh, Hebrew Union Veterans Organization and received the first congressional charter as a veteran service organization. Um, that's about it for that. Yeah, that's amazing. Awesome, rich history there. Um, you know, I was recently at an event uh, supporting the Jewish war veterans um, in Detroit and just hearing that uh, out of the 150 or so families that were in Michigan during that time period in Civil War, 180 something individuals served in the war. So over one, one person in every single household, one to two people in every household actually served during that time, which is just unheard of. Um, awesome level of patriotism. So thank you very much for sharing that rich history. So You're can welcome. you tell, yeah, uh, Mark, can you tell us a little bit about the structure as it stands now of the Jewish war veterans in terms of the leadership and where the posts are or, or how they're organized in the state of Michigan? Well, we have posts throughout the entire United States. Uh, we have departments throughout all of the states uh, and we have a national organization headquartered in Washington, D.C., and of course, the national organization is there for lobbying for veteran causes. Uh, and by the way, we are 
even though we're known as the Jewish war veterans, we lobby for all veteran causes and all veterans. Uh, within the state of Michigan, uh, we're a relatively small organization at this point. We used to have posts all throughout the entire uh, state. Uh, we had posts in Saginaw, Flint, Lansing, Grand Rapids, Battle Creek, Kalamazoo. But at this point, we're down to three posts, and uh, they're all in the metropolitan Detroit area. Okay. Now, when you, you were talking about advocacy as, as the national level, um, we know that you all support um, all veteran initiatives, which is awesome. Um, but what kind of things right now are you guys all currently advocating for down there in the, on the national level? Well, of course, we just we we consider ourselves part of the group of uh, VSO veteran service organizations that lobbied and successfully won the uh, PACT Act. Uh, there are still many things going on right now. There's a CARS Act. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. There's also an Auto Act, slightly different perspective on that. Um, from a national perspective, there are a dozen different things that they're lobbying for, uh, for veteran organizations in general. On the state level, we're part of an organization called the uh, uh, Commanders Group. And uh, most of the veteran service organizations within the state of Michigan are members of the commanders group, the veteran, Vietnam Veterans of America, the uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars, American Legion, and on and on. I think there are 14 organizations that are banded together as the commanders group, including Jewish war veterans. Yeah, that's great. Um, and, you know, we've had uh, some other members of the commanders group on this call um, in, in the past show, as well as this one, um, and what you all are doing as uh, uh, an organization together combined is really just moving mountains when it comes to the veteran space. So we really appreciate the advocacy there and continue to keep that up. So you kind of alluded to it a little bit, um, and you said that, you know, levels are decreasing. Um, we know that maintaining membership levels across uh, veteran service organizations is a challenge right now. Um, for all organizations. Um, you've kind of said how it's affected you all, but what are you all um, doing or or what would you like to say to potential members to try to recruit them? As in, what do they what do they get when they join the Jewish War Veterans? Of, uh, and, and why would you like to have them become members? Well, Jewish War Veterans was formed to fight anti-Semitism, to combat anti-Semitism. And unfortunately, Things haven't changed in 127 years, not that much at least. There's still a lot of anti-Semitism out there. There are still people that don't believe that Jews serve in the U.S. military. We do, obviously. I'm here on the phone with you. The general population needs to be educated that Jews do serve. And, and even within the Jewish community, we have to notify, we have to educate uh, a number of our own people that Jews do serve. We uh, fight for uh, our, our rights as Americans. Uh, we maintain true allegiance to the USA. We foster and perpetuate what we call Americanism. We pass out US flags. We organize blood drives. We maintain and flag the graves of our heroic dead. Uh, we basically, we educate, educate, educate at this point in time. Yeah, and, and it sounds like a, a ton of volunteerism as well and just being and building your community. So awesome. Thank you for sharing that. It's uh, something to look forward to for those potential members. 
So one of the most important missions is to educate the community about the contributions of the Jewish service members to our nation's military history. You've established that. So this includes honoring the many different Jewish veterans from Michigan who paid the ultimate sacrifice in combat. And it's noted in your book, Gold Star Book. Can you talk to us a little bit about the significance to this effort? Well, the Gold Star, of course, uh, is to indicate that you've lost a, a member of your family uh, during the course of uh, war. And uh, back at the end of World War II, uh, a number of the families of Jewish war veterans who had been killed in action uh, created the Gold Star Book. It took them close to 10 years, by the way, to put the book together. They had 227 individual biographies, 47 more people that they didn't know much about other than they were dead and they were Jewish. <laughs> they died in the war and they were Jewish. We built on that. Um, when we tried to put the Gold Star Book on the internet, which we are successfully, uh, we have done, uh, we added uh, another 75 people or so from uh, World War I and from Vietnam uh, through 1969. And that book is now on our website, uh, www.jwv-mi.org. And uh, we are, uh, we're reaching out to new members uh, wherever they are in the state of Michigan because of technology, we can, we can have them join us and not have to drive all the way into Detroit. And how do they join you? How, how do they join your, your ranks inside of the organization? They can, they can go to the website and join online at jwv-mi.org, or they can telephone us if they don't want to do that. They can telephone us at 248-855-5085. Well, that's great. Thank you for sharing that, Commander. Um, and also, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Now, to everyone else listening and tuning in, don't go away. Our next guest is Art Menard of the Marine Corps League. Welcome back, everyone. With us next is Art Menard, the commander of Department of Michigan Marine Corps League. Commander Menard enlisted in the Marines directly after high school in 1977 and was honorably discharged in 1983. In addition to serving as state commander of the Marine Corps League, he is a lifetime member of the local 444 post in Escanaba. He has served his fellow veterans for more than 20 years and in 2020 was named the Michigan Veteran of the Year by past recipients of the award and the Michigan Veteran of the Year Society Committee in Detroit. Welcome to the show, Commander. Um, thank you for having me, sir. Yeah, no problem. Um, you know, the Marine Corps League was established in 1923, meaning that now it's over 100 years old. Uh, so what is the mission of the organization as it stands today? Well, uh, the mission of the Marine Corps League is to promote the interests and to preserve traditions of the United States Marine Corps strengthen the fraternity of Marines and their families, serve Marines, FMF corpsmen and chaplains who have or have worn, worn the Eagle Globe and Anchor, and foster the ideas of Americanism and patriotic volunteerism. 
Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, it's always good to hear of good organizations doing good work uh, for our people here in America. Can you tell us about the structure of the Marine Corps League in terms of uh, the leadership and kind of like what the posts look like in the state of Michigan? We are, uh, well, we're the Department of Michigan. That's uh, the word department is used for the state level. From there, uh, the Marine Corps League Department of Michigan is broke down into eight different regional zones or districts. And each one of them zones has anywhere from four to six what we call detachments, uh, not posts. And uh, yeah, there's there's uh, the northern zone, the upper peninsula zone, the western zone, the southwest zone, the central zone, the southern zone, the eastern zone, and the southeast zone. And then from there, we have our uh, about 36 detachments. Oh, that's great. You got a presence everywhere. Um, it's just the way we like it. Now, what kinds of advocacy events and support does the Marine Corps League provide for the veterans and their families in our state? We uh, we have numerous different situations, uh, and, and uh, we have what's uh, known as our VAVS program. That's Volunteer Assistance Veterans Service. That's for people that basically volunteer at uh, the VA hospitals and uh, clinics and veterans homes throughout the states. Uh, we have uh, our scholarship program that we do. Um, we have uh, uh, Eagle Scout program. Whenever uh, a scout makes Eagle, we like to uh, go to their court of honor and present a uh, good citizenship award to the new Eagle. Um, we do numerous parades all over the state. You know, and then we uh, participate in you know, the, uh, the the Armed Forces uh, days, like the POWMIA Day, Veterans Day, Armed Forces Day, Flag Day, uh, all of them things. Uh, 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 Labor Day parades, Memorial Day parades, Fourth of July parades, all kinds of things like that. One of the things that a lot of the Marines and the league members that are involved with in the state is... Uh, uh, memorial services or funerals for deceased veterans in which uh, they, uh, the family has presented a flag uh, by the United States government. We, we partner with numerous different organizations, uh, the BFW, these veterans councils all over the state to take care of that uh, business. Yeah, keeping patriotism alive. Appreciate that. Um, thanks to a, from a veteran to a veteran. I really appreciate it. And and thank you for volunteering so much of your time and, and also your comrades. Uh, so we know that um, maintaining membership levels has been a challenge for many service organizations. How has that affected the Marine Corps League and what are you guys doing about that? Well, we, uh, again, it's, you know, we're, we're pursuing uh, uh, the younger veterans, but that's, you know, that's, well, that's how, that, that's quite a task. Uh, a lot of people don't get active until they get older. Uh, we're kind of holding our own membership. I, we generally only lose members to death because once people become involved in the league, it, it's pretty life, pretty much a lifelong uh, participation, even though there's different levels of activity in regards to the membership being involved in the different uh, detachments and things. But uh, yeah, um, we're, I want to say we're holding our own. We, we, we do get new people as we lose people. And we hope uh, that continues for the future if it doesn't even get better, but we'll see. 
Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your your own volunteer service uh, to your your fellow veterans and the community that you live in, such as your involvement with Toys for Tots and um, stuff like that. What drives you to give back to your community like that? Um, well, <laughs> I uh, the bar was set real hard, real high for me when I joined the league in uh, back at '99. Of course, World War II veterans were actively uh, involved still, even though they were getting on in age in the league and other uh, different groups, VFW, American Leagues, and things like that. And uh, I'm telling you, they they are my guide. They're my example on what is possible uh, when when you put your mind to it. And uh, volunteering, I like to tell people that, um, you know, we should be involved in something besides work and family. And with that said, there's that there is room to, you know, do something. It doesn't really matter what it is. Just do something in your communities with your fellow veterans, with, uh, with whatever, whatever you can, you can do, give it a try. You know, uh, it, it can be a lot of fun too. Really rewarding to volunteer. Um, I like to tell people uh, if you're, you know, we all wear covers, hats, you know, the, there's all kinds of different color hats. There's green hats, there's blue hats, there's brown hats. All right. We wear red hats. If I tell people, if you're only reaching for your cover, uh, once a month to go to the meeting, uh, maybe you need to visit that and consider what else you could be doing that might motivate you to reach for your cover and put it on and wear it and do something else within any particular month and volunteer more. Yeah, absolutely. Keeping volunteerism alive right in our communities. I appreciate you sharing that. That's uh, encouraging. Um, so another quick, just one last question here for you is, how can veterans learn more about your organization, um, about joining, about what you all are doing? Where, do, where does one go to learn more about you all? Well, I would, I would start with the national website, mclnational.org. There's a lot of information about the league there. We have our very own department or state website. Mm -hmm. That is simply michiganmarines.org. And you can just go there and follow all the different links and learn many, many things about the organization itself and answer a lot of questions you might have. Well, that's awesome. We will uh, continue to share that and advocate for all of our service organizations, Marine Corps League included. We really appreciate you joining us today, uh, Commander. So thank you so much for all the work that you're doing, your volunteerism, um, your current seat as Commander, and thank you for the support that you have for our veterans in our state. Well, then thank you for having me. And uh, you don't be afraid to get involved. There's a lot that needs to be done and there's a lot we can do. Yes, wise words. Thank you very much. Um, and I'd also like to take a minute and just thank the rest of our guests one more time. Mary Johnson and Jim Sigmund of the Military Officers Association of America, also known as MOA. Mark Weiss of the Jewish War Veterans and Art Menard the, of the Marine Corps League. Uh, so I know we covered a lot of information today, but don't forget, all of our shows can be downloaded as a podcast from wjr.com forward slash Veterans Perspective. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, or if you have an idea for, the top, for a topic to be discussed on any future show, 
please visit our website at michigan.gov forward slash MVAA. Click on the About Us section and scroll down to the Veterans Perspective link. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions on any of the information that we discussed today, please give us a call at 1-800-MICHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. And if you're struggling and need assistance or someone to talk to, call the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 or dial 988 and press 1 or you can text 838255. Thank you so much for joining us today.